Welcome to episode 10 of the Bear Claws Podcast. 10th episode and 10 wins according to Joey C, who is out of today's episode for the day as he's celebrating a long Memorial Day holiday. It was just me, Ben Saunders, and Quentin M bringing it home this week. Hugh, what's up, bro? What's going on, Vince? How you feeling? I'm perfect, man. How yourself, man? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. How was Chicago this Memorial Day holiday? Oh, I'm dangerous. <laughs> usual, but great weather, though. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like home. Oh, man. Ain't no place like it. Yeah, no place like it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, we got a couple of news and notes over the past week since the last episode. Um, Let's start off right here. We talked briefly last episode about the Bears' lack of D-line personnel. That's believable. Um, then the next day, the Steelers went out and signed Marcus Golden, who, you know, they signed him as a backup. He could have possibly got started snaps with the Bears, man. Uh, you got any thoughts on that one? Um, Pose clearly is avoiding, or he's very selective in um, his free agent acquisitions. Seems like everybody is on a short-term deal unless you're a young possible star like Tremaine Edmonds. But um, no surprise. I don't expect Poles to make a big splash of free agency. So I don't think you'll see uh, Javadian Clowney or uh, Yannick coming to play here. So um, I'm not surprised, though. I think he's, he's taking his rebuilding practice. He's really going to do it through the draft. I think he's sticking with a plan. How effective it's going to be, I don't know, but I do like that he does have a plan, though. We haven't seen that with previous uh, regimes. Oh, yeah, definitely felt like, you know, in past regimes, they were just throwing stuff against the wall, see what sticks. Just um, throwing stuff. We had Andy Dalton in one year, Nick Foles, uh, uh, Pacers should do anything. Band-Aids all over the place. Just right. Band-Aids all over the roster. Definitely. Most definitely. Um, another thing that happened this past week, uh, Former Bears running back David Montgomery, he got into the media and said, you know, that playing for the Bears sucked the fun out of the game for him because of all the losing. Uh, he went on to say, you know, as I am quoting him here, I'm a competitor. I like to compete. That's what football is all about. It's so refreshing to be in a place where that's appreciated. Hmm. Uh, I rolled I my eyes. to do a history lesson a recent history lesson on the Lions. I don't know the last time they've been in the playoffs. I want to say 2016. I know it was when Megatron and, and, and Stafford were employed there and the Dominican Sue and Sue hasn't played with the Lions in a long time. So I think he needs to do his research. I think last year was his first winning season in seven years. Yeah. Eight I, years. That's right. Yeah. He probably should have signed somewhere else. Listen, listen, man. We we about the same place with that. I rolled my eyes when I read that, man. I'm like, all right, Dave, come on, man. Listen, uh, listen. I know. I'm I'm more of a realist on the Bears. I, I the Bears was stir fried boo boo the last two seasons. Yes, I get it. You know, yeah. that, that that's that's we got that. But as you said, the the Lions they just they just had one game better than over five hundred for the first time in who knows how long, and. Dave, you played in a playoff game with the Bears. <laughs> the Lions, the Lions yeah. don't go to the playoffs. That's just in his whole life. His whole life, the Lions haven't won a playoff game. Um, 
maybe the culture in Detroit right now is closer to competing than where the Bears are right now, but you got to relax. He's, he's coming off a little heavy-handed, man. That, that was a hot take, David. That was very, a hot take. Very. And very. you might not even be there that long. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, considering, you know, the how they're using their first-round draft picks, yeah, he might want to yeah. just, you know, again, relax. Um, last thing I saw this past week, um, the Arlington Heights racetrack. It's the dem- the demolition has started. So the Bears are, you know, inching closer to playing their last game in Soldier Field. Uh, you know, I will I, not miss Soldier Field. I will not miss the traffic. I will not miss the smallest stadium in the entire NFL. Good riddance. Yeah. Maybe it's for I also, I also won't miss that home field advantage, the wind, which seems to only affect our kickers and our quarterbacks. I'm not gonna miss it. Yeah, double doing. Um, double doing. Jay Cutler, uh, balls fluttering, balls fluttering, <laughs> fluttering in the air when he intercepted at Soldier Field. No, no, thank you. Put a double up there. Exactly. Yeah, I'm tired of. I'm tired of. I'm tired of the quarterbacks. You know, blaming. You know, blaming their errant balls, balls on on the wind. Yeah, let's get a dome. I'm I'm all for it. Uh, in any case, it's 103 days until we host the Packers week one at Soldier Field. And as of right now, um, we haven't got your win-loss predictions or the overall season thoughts. So, you know, go ahead and stand on it right now, man. Where you see the Bears finishing in 2020? Going nine and eight. Nine and eight. Nine and I see, eight. I see nine wins. I see nine and eight. Or eight and nine, but I'm leaning towards, I'm leaning towards nine and eight. Yeah, you know what? That's, we pretty much have the identical records. I got nine and eight as well. Um, start off hot. Five, I think we went five of the first six, and then, you know, we come back to earth. Once we get into the division, uh, division games, um, but yeah, I, I'm nine and eight. That's a six win improvement. Uh, you can tell if we don't make the playoffs at nine and eight, or if we do, um, I'm fine. With, six wins is amazing. You know, you that that is one that is one hell of an off season. Um, cool. Did did you have any upsets in in that nine and eight or anything, or it's just going to run I out? I don't um. I didn't see any major upsets. I don't see us going to LA and beating the Chargers. Um, I don't see us beating Kansas City. And to be honest with you, the rest of the schedule, um, games games right now, these are games that look like they can be 50-50. I haven't seen a lot of games that I can mark and ready can say a loss. I don't I see a couple games I think we can so we should win. I don't think I don't see any way we lose to the Cardinals in Soldier Field in December, barring significant injuries. Um, I think we get Minnesota here. I think we should beat Tampa Bay in Tampa. And that team is, and we don't know who's going to line up as quarterback for Tampa Bay. So I, I I got those games, and I think we at least, at the very least, split with the Packers this year and Vikings. So. Uh, no, I don't see any major upsets. Um, no, I'm reviewing the schedule. I don't see any major. I don't see us pulling off major upsets. No. I think I had us going four and two in a division because uh, I got a sweep in the Packers. I do I do agree that, you know, Kansas City, 
and the Chargers are definitely going to let me not say definitely, but they are going to they should beat us. They should. I would not be surprised if they beat us by 10 plus points. And I got Tampa Bay and Arizona being two of the worst teams in the league this year. And they're on our schedule. So I'm expecting wins out of there. Um, yeah, nine and eight. Put it on the put it on the books. We all got all three of us has the Bears over 500. I like where that's going. Um, nothing wrong with a little optimism right now, Bear Fan Nation. We're not used to that at this point of the year anyway. In the summer, we're used to like, okay, well, what well, let's start watching some college football to see who we can get. Quarterback controversies, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely all that stuff like that. But you know, the eventual climb back to the upper echelon of leagues is starting. That's what I like to feel. We all feel it. Ah, um, moving on. Um, as I said, we're a little more than three months out away from kickoff. Um, so with that, let's let's talk about the draft class. We just the draft was last month. Um, what do you thought? What are your thoughts right now? Your expectations on far as OTAs are finishing up on our rookies. Well, I was a little concerned with the pick of Jervon Dexter. That's his name. Dexter from Florida. Um, his production, when you look at his college production, it doesn't jump off the board. I think he finished with maybe five and a half sacks, six sacks. Um, and we're in this Tampa uh, 2 defense where we've heard constantly, we've been reminded, you need pressure from the interior. You need a three technique that can get to the quarterback. So I was kind of confused as to why Paul's picked the guy who didn't seem to be very productive getting to the quarterback. However, when I did my research on Florida's defense, you see it's a two-gap defense. Um, they want the defensive line more to read and react. But in this defense, interior linemen, especially three technique, are actually get up the field. Now, when you look at Javon uh, Dexter's Combine and his attributes, that's a big man that can move and a strong big man at the point of attack. So I see the fit. So um, I wasn't that thrilled with the pick at first, but I do think looking at OTAs and how he performed there, I do think he can have a very big impact. I think he can uh, unseat Justin Jones. I think he's a rookie that can start. Um, I love the Darnell Wright pick. I think he's the perfect fit for the Bears. Because with the way Justin Fields uh, is a threat with his legs, you're going to see a lot of defensive linemen. Um, they're going to want to contain him in the pocket. So they have to be disciplined in those rush lanes. And that leads to a lot of bull rushing. You're not bull rushing a 330-pound man, and you're not moving him backwards. So I love the first two picks. I also think uh, Tyreek, he's in a perfect position to start. Um, I love Johnson as a running back. He reminds me a lot of Montgomery a north-south runner. I think he's a little bit bigger and a little bit faster than Montgomery. Um, all, all in all, I think you're going to see about five or six rookies contributing again. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I, I echo all of that, especially about Roshan Johnson. I think he's a, a super dominant and rough. I've got a lot of high hopes for him. I with our, we don't have anybody in our running back room who's you know locked in, penciled in as a starter, you know, for any oh. team in the league. I think Roshan, you know, if he stays healthy and he does what we think he can do, as I mean, as far as like his athletic build is there, he can you know take over take over the lead back row, you know, by by week seven, 
and have it going yeah. into the sophomore season. He, you know, I, I mean, wouldn't be surprised yeah. if in week one he was the man. I mean, I, I love Khalil Herbert, but um, the concerns in pass protection are are serious. And he's also um, he's not a big guy either. So um, I don't know if he's an every down running back in Foreman. I like Foreman a lot, but he's on a one-year deal. And we know this is a team that has favored youth. That's one thing we've seen Eberflus um, and this coaching staff do. They're not afraid to play the young guys. So I think you can see Roshan Johnson sooner than later. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Take this down as uh, anybody with fantasy, fantasy football uh, aspirations. Roshan. Might be a yes. might be a league winner. Come come uh, take bears in fantasy early and often. Take all the bears. Yeah. Take them all. They they're gonna definitely be they're definitely gonna be undervalued and they're definitely gonna give you give you some bang for the buck. Yeah. Coming around I expect to see you draft at least four bears. You no comment. <laughs> come on, I'm not, gonna, the I'm not gonna give you my playbook this early. Sip the Kool-Aid, sip the Kool-Aid. <laughs> uh I had a question about uh Noel Sewell. Um do we are, are we confident he makes the team? Um looking at the Bears depth chart, I'm pretty confident he makes the team. If nothing else, he has the makeup of a core special teams member. So um I actually think. I think everybody in this class should make the team. The only ones I'm concerned about is um, Bell, the defensive tackle from uh, the small school. I don't think even he should make the uh, practice squad. I don't think the Bears have enough depth um, behind their starters for anybody to not make the team. Let me rephrase this. I think Sewell would have to come in and, and, and piss the band to not make the team. Um, other than Edmonds, Edwards, and um, Sanborn, uh, I don't know if we have, uh, yeah, we don't have much depth. I don't know if there's any returners from last year, um, from last year's linebacker core. Trying to think offhand. So, uh, yeah, Sewell should make the team. Okay. Um, You did mention last, uh, the last season's uh, roster. Um, So the Bears 2002 draftees, Kyler Gordon, Juan Brisker, Velas Jones, Braxton Jones, all all, all the rest of them. how are they? What are they? What are they looking like going into their sophomore season? What do you expect? In fact, better, better question. What is your expectations for them with with a year under their belt and moving, moving, moving more into a uh, a veteran uh, position on the team? Well, I think Brisker and Gordon performed uh, very well last year, so I I expect to see them take another leap. Um, Briscoe was probably one of um, he's probably one of the better safeties in the NFC last year towards the end of the year. He showed um, great instinct. Um, he had a couple takeaways. He's a solid tackler, so it's tackler. So I expect to see that guy um, elevate his play. And Connor Gordon, I think he filled in that nickel role admirably. He showed great instinct, a great tackler too. So. Um, I expect that draft class to make the leap. I'm not certain about Venus Jones. We did see a lot of athleticism. We saw him. We saw some of the things that Coles and company raved about. Um, he is elusive in the open field. I will say that. Um, 
I think we saw, what was it, a bubble screen he took to the house last year against Minnesota? Where, I mean, he made a, a cut and got him on the sideline and was gone. So, uh, this was kind of a mystery still. Um, but I like the top of that draft class. And I, I, I think Vitas will get He'll get his opportunities to lock down that fourth wide receiver spot in the special team spot. But I, 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 I like Lions' class. I expect them to keep um, um to keep elevated. Who else was in that class besides Brisker, Gordon, and Zealus? We had Braxton. Oh, oh, Braxton Jones. Right. Braxton. Yeah. I could see. I see Braxton still holding down that left tackle spot. Yeah. Uh my. I, I'm. I'm not too. Positive moving for Vilas at Vilas at at this point. I think the wide receiver room has gotten a little too thick, crowded. Yeah, crowded for for him to um, for him to continue his maturation path. Um, he started off really slow. He started, as you said, he picked it up towards the end of the year. Um, but after them making their move for DJ Moore and trading for Claypool and drafting another wide receiver, I don't think there was. I don't think there's much room for him. So if he's going to have a breakout or, you know, continue to have a role on this team that doesn't include special teams, he's going to need to have, he's going to need to like, you know, turn heads in a major way. Uh, but yeah, Kyler Gordon, Brisker, I, I think, I think they're pretty solid. I think, I think on the path they're moving on, they can continue. They can be, you know, towards the upper echelon of the division as far as for their positions. Yeah, Vilas is um close to our age. Um, if he's gonna show something, he's got to show it this year. What is he thirty? He's almost thirty. So, I mean, no exaggeration. I think he turns twenty six this year. Yeah, twenty five. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If he's gonna show anything, he's got he's got to do it now. Yeah, Vilas is um. Oh, this, yeah, he's he just turned twenty six. His birthday was May eleventh. So yeah, they they I um I wasn't too sure of that pick last year. Um. Still got a question. He seems like a developmental guy, and he's already almost thirty. So, um, I don't, I don't know. Where did they take him? The third round? Yeah, pick seventy-one in the third round. Pick seventy-one in the third round. There was a lot of talent that was still on the board when they took Velas. And did they trade up to get him? Did they move up to get Velas? I don't think so. I think that was with their own pick. Okay, well that's that. That's still. Um, to draft a guy in the third round who's going to be a special teamer and a fourth uh, receiver, um, if that's all he's going to be, that was not a good pick. We talked about this, uh, Ryan Poles and his uh, his eye for wide receivers. Um, it has not looked good thus far. No, no. Um, I'm not. I'm, I'm. I'm still holding out hope that the Claypool thing works itself out. Other, if not. Yeah, that's just he just has a uh he's just got a blind spot for wide receivers. Um yeah, I mean, hope so. Hope so it works out because I've got I've got the Bears already going to Super Bowl next season. So they got they gotta figure Claypool, something out. Claypool may not be a part of that team. He's gonna have to have a, he's gonna have to have a really good year to justify that trade. That second round pick ended up being a first round pick, so Claypool's gonna give us eleven hundred. And uh I don't know if I'm certain I can see him delivering that, but that's what I need to to for my mind to be at ease with the Claypool pick right. temporarily. Oh, I, I, you know, 
I think they can. I, I think it can all work out. I mean, he's a big body. You all, you you all want him on the outside, showing showing this, uh, showing his skill set. I say line him inside and put him on, put him on a small nickel and just let him eat on that. And you know, go get some 50-50 balls in the red zone. I'm fine with that. If he can do that, he's it still wouldn't be worth trading a first round pick for it. I've never enough that, but he could be. He can he can find some success in just doing the small things. If he just does the small things. I'm fine. I, I will. I can go to sleep happy. Well, I think I think that's the problem. We well, this coach has been, has been satisfied with some of these receivers doing small things. They brought back Aquinas St. Brown and they raved about his blocking. Now, right. um, <laughs> and I'm not even I'm not concerned with a wide receiver blocking, but he's got to bring a little bit more. I've never heard anybody talk about Justin Jefferson being a great blocker. So. We don't hear about Stephon Diggs being a great blocker. We need guys to make plays on the outside. Listen, man, you can be a great, you can be the Heinz Ward of blockers. You can do all that, but you need to start catching some passes too. If you, if you want to be a great blocker, move to tight end. I need somebody to catch. <laughs> <laughs> move, move to tight end and be the backup tight end on third and short. I need receivers that can catch the ball. Perfect. Yeah, man, I'm right there with you with that, man. We need we need an aerial assault, man. The, all the blocking, that's cool, you know. In 1984, I need <laughs> I need I need I need to drop bombs from the sky, man. Let's, let's go, let's go, man. Yeah. So yeah, we've got we've got some things to look forward to um, coming. You know, OTAs is wrapping up. Camp is around the corner. It's it's getting close, man. Getting close. But that was a great episode um, for the Bear Claw Pod. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, even Stitcher. Subscribe, download, rate, review. Please unsubscribe, resubscribe, and download again. As well, um, as well as all the shows on Fan First Network, you can find them all where you find your pods. Follow the show on TikTok, YouTube, Facebook at Bear Claw at Hallis Hall for all our short video segments and quick reactions to anything that happens throughout the week involving the Chicago Bears. I'm Vince Saunders. You can find me on Twitter at the Real Payday. And this is Quentin Nim. Um, Quentin, Q, what does a bear do in the woods? What does a bear do in the woods? Yeah, what's a bear do in the woods? Um, he needs to avoid mystical. I, that's that's what I do know. <laughs> it's oh, one no. thing a bear needs to do in the woods is avoid mystical. A bear? A bear bears down in the woods. <laughs> See you next week, everybody.